You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you had a great weekend. We've got a very interesting show for you today. Some things that were sent to me over the weekend, some things that showed up online over the weekend, and we've got some Big Brother talk because I've got some thoughts yet again. We'll get to that momentarily. This podcast is also brought to you by Organifi. Go to Organifi.com slash RealitySteve for 20% off your next order. It is a superfood blend that tastes amazing and makes it easier for anyone to choose their own health every day. Okay, let's get into it. We've got The Bachelorette tonight, obviously. Episode number three tonight, Rachel gets her one-on-one with Zach. They get a Hollywood date. It's hosted by Karamo Brown. Gabby's one-on-one is at the bowling alley with um, Eric. Sorry, blank there for a second. With Eric, uh, where we get to see her grandpa, John, again, who's made a name for himself in this franchise. And then the group date is a photo shoot with our resident photographer, was Franco's his name, right? Who's replaced the deceased Fred Willard as the guy will get at least once a season on a group date. Tonight is also the episode where it's pretty much sprung on the women that they, who they give a rose to is going to be part of their journey moving forward. So they've been hinting at this in all the promos for the season. We know that men are going to reject Rachel's rose tonight. Some of the men are going to notify the women beforehand that they're into the other girl. Just like last week on the date, it was what Jason was talking to Rachel and he made it clear like, hey, I'm interested in Gabby. And clearly Rachel's not going to present him with a rose. But I'm still curious as to why Rachel is even handing out roses to guys that she doesn't know about. So clearly something happens to where they have to do this without knowing everybody's intentions. And that'll happen. So there's something I want to get to that was sent to me this weekend, which I found really interesting. I was emailed on Instagram and I'm, and this was an Instagram account that is public. So it wasn't just a random tip, but I'm also not going to share this person's information and I'll tell you why. So they first just started off with saying that they had screenshots and timelines Um, of a relationship in Bachelor Nation and that the man had been cheating since it first began. And so and that was all it said in the beginning. So naturally I followed up with, okay, I would need proof of this. And they said, you know, I've got it. How does this work? And I said, well, you send me the proof. I determine if this is legit. And then we just kind of go from there. But you have to understand something like this, you need proof. And or else it's just hearsay and speculation. And I don't deal in hearsay and speculation. So you're going to have to share this info that you that you say you have. And then this person within two sentences kind of changed their mind and said, you know what? I don't want to be part of this. And I don't want to feel the wrath of the fan base. And, you know, I basically said, yeah, totally understandable. And that's what happens. Because now they never sent me the proof. They said they had it. They never sent it to me. And I don't know who they're talking about. So it's not like, Steve, why are you teasing us with something if you're not going to tell us? I don't know who they're talking about. They never told me. But to me, this story is really interesting. Let's just assume it's all true. 
They say they have, usually people that come to me and say I've got proof usually have proof. But some of them don't end up sharing because they realize once they share it and once they're deep into it and it's out there and their name is behind it, they're going to get attacked. So that's why it's really interesting nowadays in our social media world. It goes to show that how many, and let's face it, it's usually women that come forward about the men in this franchise. And it shows to me how scared some of them are to come out, even if it's true, because they know the person they're going up against has a ton of fans that will make her life a living hell. So essentially, assuming this is true, this guy, whoever it is in Bachelor Nation, is going to get away with cheating because the one he's cheating with is scared of retaliation from fans, even though she claims to have the truth. And I I find that fascinating. And I find it fascinating because this is just more proof why women who are victims of any male bad behavior don't speak out publicly. It's not because it's not true. It's because even if they have proof of their own accusation, they're scared of the blowback and harassment that they're going to get. And like I said, I don't know who this guy is that she's talking about that she and I asked her, is this you or your friend or someone, you know, And she said, no, it's me. It's okay. And I just said, okay, I mean, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. And she just said, yeah, I don't want the blowback. I said, why don't you go about contacting the woman behind the scenes yourself? So I think that's what she's going to do. That's what I suggested when she realized she didn't want to come forward publicly because and it's just, isn't that kind of sad? I mean, am I, am, I, am I reading this wrong? Isn't that kind of sad that she has the truth, seemingly, that someone in Bachelor Nation is cheating on the person that they're with, with her, but she knows the second she speaks out, she'll be called uh, a liar, she'll be called a clout chaser, even if she provided proof. Because seemingly whatever guy it is, probably has a fan base. Every contestant on this show has a fan base. Just a matter of how big it is. And I really find that interesting. And I also find it sad that, you know, I mean, maybe it'll stop. Maybe, I mean, I told her, like I said, I suggested, why don't you contact the girl that he's with right now and share what you just told me. But obviously you're going to have to share proof because if I'm her, I'm going to want proof. And I you know, I don't know if she's going to. Maybe I'll follow up later. Maybe not. And she'll tell me what happened. But I just think it's – and that's, that's what I talk about when I talk about Toxic Bachelor Nation. Because this woman will immediately be doubted just because the person she came out against, assuming is somebody that's liked in the franchise – you know, and I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because, but you and I both know it'll happen. She'd get sent horrible things said about her. Everything she has ever done will be put on blast because somebody will go look it up. And when all she's doing is saying, Hey, this guy's a cheater. Here's the proof. All I'm saying is he cheated and he is cheating. Like I said, I don't know all the details. I just know what she told me. But I don't know who the guy is, and she never sent me the proof because she was just like, you know what, the more I think about it, I don't want to be involved. And that's what I go through with anybody who contacts me with information. It's like, just know what you're getting into. And this one, 
backed out. She isn't the first one to come to me and say, I've got tea, I've got proof. And then I said, okay, but know what you're getting into. And then said, you know what? On second thought, maybe I don't want to go down this road publicly. She isn't the first one to do this, and she won't be the last. I mean, it, it happened. And, and from what I gathered, this is just straight cheating. She was seeing her and is seeing somebody else. This has nothing to do with any sort of um, illegal activity going on, any sort of, you know, assault or anything like that. Just, hey, guy's cheating, I have proof. Okay. And it sucks. It sucks that she can't say anything for fear of retaliation, even though she's telling the truth. People are going to hate on her for ruining their image of whoever it is in their head. And that's just embarrassing. Also, TikTok added again this weekend. And yeah, I saw the TikToks. I'm not going to post them. It's very disappointing to see. There's more of them. And, you know, I'm not even Natalie's boyfriend, and I'm disappointed to see. And I'm talking about Nick's girlfriend, Natalie. Uh, There are TikToks out there that are not painting her in the greatest of light. So clearly her boyfriend has to be bothered by this, right? I was disappointed in it, and I'm not even with her. I can only imagine what he thinks, considering how critical he's been of people in the past who did something very similar. How this is handled will say a lot about that person. A lot. But we'll have to see. It might be ignored. It might not ever get brought up publicly. I think that would be a mistake. Let's talk a little Big Brother. (laughs) There's a lot of things to talk about with Big Brother today. And I'm... First off, Paloma gave her first interview since self-elimination, whatever it was. Us Weekly did an interview with her, and it was very, very confusing. Because she made it seem like she never said one bad thing about Taylor, and her and Taylor are totally cool. Like... Paloma may see that in her mind. Even this is after the fact, and she's had time to get out of the house, get some sleep. But that interview with Us Weekly was bizarre. Like, because I don't think Taylor's going to get out of the house once she eventually does watch this show and think, oh, yeah, Paloma was on my side the whole time. What? Does Paloma not know that we... I don't know if Paloma did that interview before watching the episodes. Maybe she did. I don't know. But holy crap, everything she said, I was like, wait, did, did she not know what she said about Taylor on the live feeds and on the show? Weird. Looks like we have our first showmance of the season. Alyssa and Kyle sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Well, not yet, but it looks like they definitely have the little smoochy smoochies for each other. And, hey, showmances, like I said, I'm a latecomer to this show. I know some showmances have worked. Some haven't. We'll see if the Alyssa Kyle showmance works. They are in that sub-alliance together, so maybe that helps them. 
if they eventually go public with their flirtation with each other and eventually couple up, I don't know. The blind side last night on Pooch, I mean, he was stunned. It was 12-0. And the scheduling, like we said, at the end of last week when I said they're not having a Thursday show, not having a Friday show, it's being pushed to Sunday. So I didn't know how that was going to work filming-wise versus what real-time was, all that stuff. So basically the same schedule took place. They still did the eviction Thursday night and filmed it like it was being done Thursday night. I just think because after the first hour when they ended the first hour of the show last night with the HOH comp, Julie said the same thing she always does when they break away and go to a on eviction night when they are ending the show. And then it just went to a second hour. So basically what would have been Thursday's hour-long eviction show, live eviction show, just ended up being the first hour of Sunday night. And then the second hour last night was what we normally would have seen in the one-hour Sunday night show. That's all it was. I thought it was going to be this total big, you know, change up and everything's going to be different. No, it was just Thursday night show was moved to Sunday night and it wasn't live. And that was it. Everything else was done as normal. But no, I have not. I don't know anything else. I'm staying away. I did not know that Pooch got eliminated before last night. I did not know what the teams were because I didn't want to know. And I did not know who got put up for nominations. So I'm happy with myself this week. And hopefully I can stay away from who wins Power of Veto. The Festy Bestie competition and this new twist. Like I said, it happened Thursday or Friday in real time. So it was out there. I did not know going in who got paired up and how those people ended up pairing up. It's an interesting twist. It's only going to be probably for a couple weeks, I would think. I don't think this is going to be something that lasts the rest of the season. But, hell, what do I know? I I just can't see this going the rest of the season. This will be a one eviction thing, maybe two, three tops. But I can't see this going too much farther. You know what else I notice about Big Brother, especially when it comes to the I should have talked about this on opening night comes to the first episode. All these people that walk into the the sound stage and they walk into the Big Brother house and they're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It's just I mean, look, I get that there's history there. But. All it is is new decorations every season. <laughs> like, OK, like, great. We've had 24 different decorations of the of the house. What's the big deal? Who cares? And honestly, this year's decorations suck. <laughs> There's nothing special about that Big Brother house this season. At least to me, there isn't. It's supposed to be festival-ish? Great. I, I, I just don't see anything about this season's decor that is remotely interesting or remotely like, wow. Look at our house compared to other seasons. Uh, okay. I mean, last season was what, the Vegas one? Or it was like high rollers or whatever the theme was. Obviously, I like Vegas. I thought it was a little more done up than this season. I, I don't even, like, <laughs> noticed. What about the decor in this Big Brother house this season is even remotely 
festival-ish. Am I missing something? I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And look, Jasmine, I'm sure is a sweet girl. But when we see her interacting in the house with everybody, she talks normally, the accent isn't nearly as thick, and then she just gets in the diary room and it's like, don't y'all mess with me because you don't bet I'm going to want to chew you up like a pig does food in his trough. What? Like, come on. Nothing in the diary room has to be ramped up to 100 and not everything has to be a metaphor. Have you noticed that? Every time... Jasmine speaks in the metaphor. One, she's yelling, which I can't stand. And two, she speaks in metaphors and everything is Southern related. Everything's a metaphor to something Southern where, you know, I just see her talking to women in the house. And yes, she has an accent. She's originally from Mississippi. Like, I'm not saying she shouldn't have an accent, but the accent is, let's be honest, 50 times thicker when she's in the diary room than it is when she's talking to people in a regular room or whispering or on a bed or just having a conversation. Like, Jasmine, tone it down. Come on. You can, you can, you can tone it down a little bit. It's okay. You don't have to come across as Miss Southern in the diary room every single time. And then when she was HOH last night or raining HOH, during the HOH competition, and then after everybody got eliminated, she had to say, you know, do you want to choose the bestie way, you know, festy bestie? Do you want to join me? Do you want to say that 11 times? It's like, okay, we get it. You're Southern. Like I said, I'm sure she's a nice girl. This isn't any shot at being Southern or having an accent. It's just the way she conducts herself in the diary room. Knock it off. Stop being so loud. And stop talking in metaphors in the diary room. You know? We're going to wrap it up with one last thing here. It's a little pop culture related, but still related to Bachelor Nation. Congratulations to Emily Ferguson, the other half of the twins from Ben Higgins' season and Bachelor in Paradise. She married William Carlson of the Las Vegas Golden Knights over the weekend. I'm sure you saw it on some people in Bachelor Nation's Instagram stories. Congratulations to them. Emily and um, why am I blanking on her sister? Oh, Haley. Haley got married earlier this summer to a hockey player from, I believe he's from Sweden. I think so. So they are both now married. Congratulations to Emily on that. And also in pop culture news, Comic-Con this weekend in San Diego is always a big thing for the Marvel Universe because new things get announced. And I had my take on Marvel, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but where it's like, I'm a latecomer to this. I've seen all the movies, but it starts to be overkill. Then I see phase the movies and TV shows for phase five and phase six that are that are upcoming in 2023 and 2024 into 2025. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much. Yet it's a money-making machine. Like, they'd be dumb not to do it. But it's like everybody gets a spinoff. Everybody gets their own show or own movie. 
We're getting another Blade movie. It's like, great. Is that necessary? I don't. Does it fit into everything else? I don't know. I'm so confused. It's just too much. And you know what? I'm going to end up seeing all of them. I know I will. But if you ask me, hey, Steve, in phase four, how does it tie into what happened in phase two when they did this and they went here and this planet? It's my head exploding. But yeah, uh, it, they had Comic-Con and they and Marvel dominated Comic-Con this past weekend. All the new movies and shows dates were announced and what's coming up and the teasers were released. Oh, yeah, yeah. So confusing. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Like I said, I hope you had a great weekend. We're back at it again. Bachelorette is on tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with some thoughts in the Daily Roundup and in my column. But until then, I'm Reality Steve. Talk to you tomorrow. See you.